Welcome. This is Dr. Owen Anderson for our weekly devotional. This week, I'm looking at John chapter three. And you probably know John chapter three because it contains one of the most known or perhaps the best known Bible verse, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then it says, what caught my attention this week is actually verse 19. But I'm going to read from 16 down there. So after, after 16, it says in 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. So that's interesting, not condemned because they didn't believe, as if they weren't condemned and then not believing made them condemned, but they were already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. And this is the condemnation. So this is the verse for, our, for this week. Oops. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I'll keep going into 20 for everyone. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Now, remember John three in light of John chapter one where the Logos is said to be the life, which is the light of man. So John is using this word light in light of what he just wrote two chapters uh, before. The light has come into the world, Logos incarnate in Jesus, and men loved darkness rather than the light. And so we saw that developed in John chapter one, that although the world was made by the Logos, the world did not know him. And John tells us very specifically this, everyone practicing evil hates the light. Now, that's what stood out to me this week as I was reading it, because I think perhaps our culture's uh, tendency to say, look, religion and morality, these are matters of opinion, and we can't really know. So you have your opinions in politics and morality and religion. I have my opinions, and no one knows, so we should just... Uh, recognize those for what they are, opinions, and move on. It creates a situation where we don't want to speak about someone's motives and say, well, they must hate the truth, because we say, well, no, they're doing the best they can. Uh, they, they're, they're genuinely believing what they think. They're sincere, and I genuinely believe what I think. I'm sincere. But to say someone hates the truth seems to, to violate that principle of tolerance. And most people we meet probably aren't going around saying things like, I hate this or I hate that. Uh, I hate you for thinking that. So it'd be odd then to attribute that motive to them. But here's, I think in doing that, we've limited hate. When we read in the Psalms about the unbeliever, we read that they hate God. And they, and this also comes out of Romans chapter one, they replace God with something else. So I don't think we have to get into their mental state of mind to say, are they consciously thinking, I hate God, or are they just neglecting God? Because that neglect, which perhaps that's the more common one, is a kind of hate. You've, you've treated it with contempt. You've thought so lowly of knowing God that it hasn't even occurred to you, and you've lived your life as if God doesn't matter. 
That's a hatred. So I think that's what John is speaking about here in verse 20. They love darkness. Now, if you, ask, you, you say, no, that's not true. I went around and I asked everyone I could find, and no one said they love darkness. Well, that doesn't disprove his point. Here's what would disprove it. If you could go to people and, and say to anyone you meet, can you show that God exists and God rules the world? And they could, then that would disprove this point because they don't love darkness. They can, they can show you that God is real. But the truth of the matter is, if you were to do that, you were to go around and ask people to show that God exists and, and God rules the world, they, they couldn't do that. So they're not going to say to you, oh, yeah, I love darkness, but their deeds show that they love darkness. And when you expose that, when you expose that somebody is neglecting, seeking God, they do get mad pretty quickly. When you suggest they don't know what they should know, they get offended pretty quickly. But that's precisely where God begins in Psalms 14 and 53. God looked to see if anyone seeks and none seek none understand, none do what is right. So we should be quite willing to say, yeah, that's true about me. And that's why I have to repent. But accepting that means exactly this point, you'd have to repent. We don't want our deeds brought into the light. We don't want to be exposed as not seeking. Because if we do love the truth, we'd bring our deeds into the light, that they, uh, they may be clearly seen, they've been done in God. Now, a lot of times when we read a passage like this, we might think about nefarious things, uh, bad uh, habits that people have, and they hide them from others. And, and it does include those, right? I mean, people don't do crime out in the open. I mean, society would have gotten really bad if you just do crime in the open. So you try to hide crime. But I don't, again, I don't think this is limited to that. I don't want us to get stuck on that. Like, well, they're hiding that they're embezzling money, or they're hiding their counterfeiting machine, or they're hiding this or that. Uh, that could be true, but don't get stuck there. Go further back. It's even worse than that. They're hiding that they don't seek God. And just like you'd say, boy, culture sure has degraded if people can do crime. Like they have a counterfeiting press just right out on the corner and no one can stop them. But isn't it even worse if people cannot seek God right out in the open and, and they're not even ashamed of it? So that, that's really what's going on here in light of what he said in John chapter one concerning the logos. That light has come into the world. The world was made by it and the world did not know it. And that shows the hatred of God. And that's really what we have to do. We have to assess where people are at in unbelief and not make it neutral. Like, well, they just don't prefer to get up on Sundays, but they're a good person on the inside and God knows they're doing the best they can. Well, that's not what Jesus says. He says they, they hate the light. So there's not decent people who don't know God. There's a, or you could say they're decent in one sense, right? I mean, maybe they clean up after themselves and they obey the speed limit and they'll, they'll help you fix your tire if you have a flat tire. But that's, uh, that's only about at the human level. With respect to God, they're living their life out and treating God with contempt, either by saying there isn't even a God at all, God is not real, or maybe God's real, but I don't care to seek after God, not interested, I've got other more important things to do, God's not that important. Well, that's a revealing the hating of the light, and they don't want that deed to be exposed as an example of irrationality, uh, and if you suggest they should repent of that, they get upset. 
So the uh, verse 19, this is the condemnation. The light has come in the world, but men love darkness. And incidentally, that word loved here, that's not just like they prefer it or they enjoy it. It means a kind of intellectual choosing. They go out of their way and purposefully choose darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Light being connected up to the logos by which all things are made, which reveals God. And so darkness being the opposite of that spiritual death. And so they intellectually purposefully choose darkness over the light. And that's their condition before God. And so if we're going to, going to offer the gospel, we have to correctly assess people's condition before God. And that's what Jesus is telling uh, us here, what he's telling Nicodemus. How can I, Nicodemus up here in nine, how can these things be that he has to be born again? And now Jesus is explaining, this is why you have to be born again. You need to be born again because you love darkness rather than light. Because you hate the light. In that condition, they hate God. And have become enemies of God. Now, it's funny that we might think we could be friends with people who are enemies with God. Instead of saying, well, uh, you, you might see this multiple times in the, in the um, Psalms when David says, those who hate God are my enemies. Now, you say, well, well, wait a minute. What does that mean? How do I trim enemies? Well, you're to love your enemies. But what does that look like? Love your enemies in the sense of you're praying for them and hoping that they will come to know God. That's what the best thing is for them, that they would come to know God. But insofar as they continue in the resistance with, of God, you can't go with them. Say, I can't continue with you because you've, you've uh, departed from God. In fact, your conduct shows you hate God. Say, no, I'm just doing my own thing and trying to find some happiness in this life. And, and you may try to make it neutral instead of saying, no, your, your conduct shows you hate God. You have contempt for God. And that's ultimately what we'll, you'll be held responsible for, not how you treat other humans first and foremost. That comes out in relationship to your knowledge of God. But first and foremost, this, how did you treat God? Well, God's not even real, so it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, there's the problem. So John describing to us how Jesus responded to Nicodemus, and that includes John 3.16, but it goes further and describes those who hate the light and describes our condition. This is precisely why each of us needs redemption in Christ.